Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Man on the Post Weekend Review. My name's Chris and joining me this week, as ever, it's Dave. Hello, hello. How are you, Dave? Yeah, you right? good, thank you. Excellent. And for all you listening, Dave is the saviour of the show uh, last week after I comically forgot to uh, set my microphone up properly. So the reason you got to listen to me apparently crying over the uh, glorious ascent of the six-time European champions uh, was all because of Dave. So thank you for that, sir. You're too kind. I did, I did very little. <laughs> That's all right. I'll be ki- I'll be kinder than whoever runs our social media was to me. So uh, f- fuck you, Chris. <laughs> right now, I finished. An- now I finished antagonising the host of our other shows. Let's get on with this weekend's uh, Premier League. Um, an interesting weekend. It start- all started off on Saturday morning uh, with Southampton hosting Manchester United. Uh, quite an interesting game. This one. Uh, Daniel James opened the scoring with an absolute carbon copy of the goal he scored last week, and mm-hmm. uh, it was absolutely identical, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was a bit, bit, bit harder somehow. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a uh, Southampton uh, get, uh, managing to get a draw uh, despite being down to ten men uh, for most of the second half. Um, but yeah, Man United not firing at all, are they? No, I think Solskjaer is right when he says they're they're a striker short. Um, I know Martial was injured as well this weekend, but um, it's not infeasible that there'll be weekends where him or Rashford will be missing through injury especially when, once the Europa League starts as well um, and Greenwood I think came off the bench who's, he might end up being very good but he's 17 you can't really be relying on him to, uh, to pull out the fire every every week so uh, there's a lot of rumours about getting Lorente on a free I don't know if he's still on a free but um, if they can pursue that I suggest they do Lorente, never, never really the answer, is he? Uh, there's talk of Zlatan going back as well, isn't there? At the end of the end of the season, yeah. Again, I mean, like, this is all getting away from what Solskjaer wants to do, which is blood the young players. Which, a bit like Lampard at Chelsea, really, if that's what you want to do, then by all means go for it. But uh, you can't have it both ways. You're not going to produce another class of '92 anytime soon. I wouldn't have thought. Um, and to get rid of Lukaku and Sanchez without really replacing them. All right, neither of those players were, were pulling up any trees there, but you know Lukaku still got what fifteen goals last season, probably yeah, more. Still scoring goals. I, say, I was going to say it's, it's not like they haven't had strikers at the club and the opportunity to replace them. Mm. You know, it's 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 not like Man United have, have gone out and recruited that much in in, in the summer. Okay, they bought in. Um, um, Harry Maguire for big money. Uh, I thought it, I found it really amusing during the game on Saturday that uh, the commentators kept referring to Daniel James as Manchester United's big big signing when they paid what twelve fifteen million pound for him. Yeah, but what's he got now? Three goals in mm-hmm. four games. That's he's doing well. But I don't think it was ever really expected that he would hit the ground running mm-hmm. uh, this season. In particular, he was more one for for the future. But 
he's uh, he's showed up some of his some of his colleagues so far. Yeah, who do you think's making the signings at Old Trafford? Uh, well, well, not making the signings as it seems because so it's always weird when you hear a, a manager come out and say, "Oh, with this player short, with that player short." Now, in most instances, it's 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 the manager who has an input in signing the players. It sounds like that's not the case at Man United. Mm, I think he, he's identified who he wants, um, but if if they're not available, they're not settling for second, third, fourth on the list. I think they they only want to sign certain players, um, which in many ways I respect. But at the same time, they're now into a season with a squad that is by his own admission short, so we wouldn't say that's really worked out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think obviously he, he's recognised the need to shift some deadwood, um, and if that means you know the likes of Mason Greenwood are going to get game time in the Europa League, that's probably not a bad thing in the long run. This season might not go as as as, as planned, but it's um, it's something to to work towards. I say you say uh, getting rid of the deadwood there, but there still seems to be an awful lot of it still there. Like Ashley Young is still starting games. Uh, and still getting minutes off the bench as well, to be fair. Um, one matter, I think he started this game. Uh, he was he was involved in, in James's goal. He made a, made a clever run. Now, he signed a new contract with the club at the last minute, didn't he, last, at the end of the season? Yeah, it seemed like he, he would go. Um, they've kept hold of him, which I don't think is a bad move. I think mm-hmm. I think everyone likes one matter, but except his manager seems to be the case where... Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of fans like seeing one matter, but he doesn't really fit the the counter attacking style. Mm-hmm. And so they've still got the likes of Matic there as well, who doesn't seem to do much when he does play. Um, Pogba, I thought, was not very good in this game as well. From what I saw, uh, he, the only time I really noticed he was playing was when he was giving the ball away. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see this game live. I only saw a match of the day, so I, you know, I can't go into mm-hmm. in the, the nitty gritty of it so much, but. He didn't exactly dominate the game. Did he come yeah. off towards the end as well, injured? Or uh, it... I, I, I missed the end of the game. To be fair, oh, right. yeah. So he, he might. I don't. I say he, I wouldn't be surprised because. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't finish the game because I say he all he did was give the ball away, and I think it's only through a lack of options that he's, he, he's still playing. It's like it's interesting. We're saying that Southgate's coming out and saying that um, United a, uh, a striker short, perhaps and whatever. Uh, but they, you say they've got Martial, they've got um, a Rashford there. They. If they had a better squad, you'd think they could just change up their system, perhaps. But yeah. I don't think they've got the resources to do that. Well, they don't really have a plan B. I mean, Rashford, Martial are both similar in the fact that they're Pacey, going to play on the last shoulder kind of thing. Uh, also, capable of cutting in from from the left. There's no focal point potentially there. Um, and I imagine, you know, if teams sit deep, they'll they'll probably struggle to break them down in, in quite a lot of cases if the likes of Pogba aren't, aren't really firing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not overly optimistic. Man United are going to have the greatest of seasons. Certainly not with the current squad. Yeah. No one seems to have that fear factor anymore of you know mm-hmm. playing against them. Well, that's it. So Southampton went, went went one behind pretty early doors, uh, and it didn't phase them at all. They, they attacked quite well. Uh, I think we spoke on, on on the show about Danny Ings and Che Adams could be a decent partnership. Uh, they looked lively throughout the game, but neither of them did much. Uh, obviously, Southampton's. Um, Equaliser came from uh, Yank Vestergaard uh, from a set piece, um, but say Southampton had ten men after Danso was sent off for two yellow cards, and they didn't they didn't have that fear against Man United, which I say in the past we've seen. No, you're right. Uh, I thought Shane Redmond missed the game for Southampton because he mm-hmm. uh, he's probably become their best player really over the last twelve months. I mean, he's always been, he's always been good, but since Hasenhutl came in, he's uh, he's really become a, a threat. 
Um, so yeah, a, a draw seemed fair from what I saw of it. Mm-hmm. And so, do, oh, is this just another nail in, in Solskjaer's coffin? You know, because it, it, it doesn't look like he can drop players either, which isn't going to help him. No, he seems short of options, and like I say, I, I really don't think that squad's good enough or big enough to to compete in the Europa League um, as well as as well as the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you say, playing Thursday Sunday with Rashford's got a history of of, of hammies, I think, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's Mar- had a few injuries. Martial seems to get a knock every every month or so. He obviously missed the weekend, but you know they're not players who, who traditionally play twice a week all that often. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, interest to see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on to the other side of Manchester then. Uh, Manchester City uh, hosted all out attacking Brighton uh, this weekend. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne opened the scoring after 71 seconds on <laughs> what basically was a pretty uh, normal, as expected result. Man City coming out winning 4 0. Uh, other goals come from Sergio Aguero scoring two to continue his record of scoring in every game this season. And Bernardo Silva came off the bench to tap one in after 20 seconds, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad day's work, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like a new thing this season where all these teams are saying, you know what, we're going to play our way regardless of who we're playing against, which mm-hmm. again, it's kind of commendable, but at the same time, they've lost 4 0. Um, it's, it's, it is different to how Brighton played for many seasons really yeah, under Hutton where the, this game may have still finished 4-0 um, but they wouldn't have crossed halfway at least in this game I think I saw some stats that I think is it Trossard from Brighton had the one of the highest XGs in the game now I don't know where you stand on the whole XG thing but uh, basically he, he should have scored based on the, the, the statistics But uh, yeah he, he had at least three decent chances that I've got noted down yeah, but I mean, you can prove anything with statistics, or, or indeed disprove mm-hmm. anything. So I don't really know what you can read in at that. But um, Brighton, for all they've, they've played well, they've, they've amassed one win. Uh, they were obviously never really going to win this one. Um, but I just a bit like Norwich in a way. I, I worry that people are getting caught up in the fact that they're playing nice football now, but they're not getting results. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a silly thing to say after four games. You know, it may well work out that. After the international break, it all it clicks together for them. But uh, so far, they've got a win away at a very poor Watford team, and that's all they've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just because of how Brighton have played, especially towards the back end of last season. Brighton were particularly bad last season, um, and I think it's just to, it's nice to see them come out and actually play some form of attacking football. Uh, what I thought was interesting is that Duffy was dropped for this game, and they brought in their record sign. Obviously, Brighton's record sign is a defender. Um, but obviously, but your friend Dan Burns still played. Well, um, <laughs> I think he's played yeah, all, all games this season as well. He has. I, I mean, we talked about Duffy as well over over the summer, where we said that it probably wouldn't suit him particularly playing uh, out from the back. Lewis Dunk, for all his bit of a lump, is all right on the ball. He's not terrible, mm-hmm. um, and just never really thought Dan Burns was much of a footballer. Full stop. But if he's if he's better on the ball than Duffy, then uh, that but that would be a concern. Yeah. Uh, what else have I got written down for this one? Uh, oh, Laporte went off injured. Uh, they haven't said what the injury is yet, but they have said he's, he's out for a while. Uh, yeah. He took quite a, a knock on the knee, but uh, there was there's no malintent there or anything. It's like he, he just pl- went, they just collided, didn't they? No, I think he actually committed the foul. He got booked. Yeah, he got he got booked. Off. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I'm pretty he's sure out. he did something similar last weekend as well, where he rolled around for ages after hurting his knee. Uh, and then got back up again. It was fine afterwards. Yeah, 
It's um, it's a funny one because uh, obviously company retired in the summer, mm-hmm. uh, and they didn't really reply, reply, um, replace them as far as I remember. No, no, so didn't. I think Fernandinho came on here and played centre half. Yeah, yeah, because I said they let Mangala go as well, didn't they? Um, oh, was he still there? Was he? Yeah, like, Mangala was still there. He was on loan <laughs> last season, I think. But there was, there was talk of him playing this season, but then he's left. Uh, I think Stones. Stones so, didn't play. I think did he? I think he's got an injury. He's been injured, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, let's let's assume Laporte is out for a, a couple of months, mm-hmm. and you end up with Stones and Otamendi as your as your two centre halves. Yeah. Uh, um, and again, we're going into two games a week coming up soon. It doesn't. You know, for one of the richest clubs in the world, it seems a bit short-sighted to to have three centre backs on the books, unless yeah. he's you know planned on making Fernandinho kind of a permanent centre half. Haven't they got some young kid in defence as well? Oh, probably. I mean, they went to they got that was it like a sixteen-year-old from Barcelona who played a lot of the Carabao Cup games last season? No. Yeah, no, I'm sure they've got some like young Scottish lad or something who's quite highly rated. Uh, I can't remember his name, but, but they say no Man City's academy. Yeah, there's probably somebody who'll come out of nowhere. Um, Boy, I say but, Boyata's gone, hasn't he? Yes, uh, he's long gone. <laughs> but who's the other, who's the other one that had Dinaya? Is Dinaya still there? Oh no, he went to um, I want to say Leon, maybe he went somewhere yeah. fancy. So he was there for a while, wasn't he? Uh, I say, but Man, Man City's still sweeping all that comes before them. Uh, basically, they went top of the Premier League with this win. Obviously, until Shithouse FC played later on in the day. <laughs> that's how they're going to be. That's how they're going to be now, Chris. See what you've done. I'm a terribly petty man. <laughs> the thing is, as well with with Man City, probably if you can afford to lose player in, in defence, they're so untroubled in the majority of the games they play because they have the ball for eighty percent of it. Mm-hmm. Play Edison, you know. Edison at centre back. Well, it's, it's, that's it. I mean, he pretty much plays there anyway, doesn't he? Like yeah. just, yeah, just sweeping up. But uh, I think they played Norwich after the national break. So see how Otamendi versus Pookie uh, turns out. <laughs> mm, yeah, it could be interesting because I say Edison does seem to be making more saves this season. I say in the four games uh, that they've played so far, I think I can probably call, I can call back to an Edison, a good Edison save uh, mm. in every game, and I think he was. You know, basically a spectator for a lot of last season. Yes. You know, so, yeah. so it's quite interesting to see. Um, but yeah, so Brighton still attacked. Um, I think, as they said on match of the day, this was, this was a free hit for them, and I think that'll be Man City for every, pretty much every club this season will be a free hit. Um, but yeah, we'll see how far it goes. Uh, on to Chelsea then. Chelsea hosted another, well, not another because Brighton are a newly promoted team. Uh, Chelsea ho- uh, hosted a newly promoted Sheffield United at Stamford Bridge. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Tamuri started for Chelsea this game. He was on loan at Frank Lampard's Derby County last season. Um, and this broke Chelsea's record from last weekend where it was now their youngest ever starting 11. Well, impressive. Mm-hmm. They are Except... getting younger and younger. Except they didn't win. <laughs> yeah, basically. So yeah, Chelsea two uh, 0 up at half time thanks to got two goals from Tammy Abraham. You know who he's, he's looking the real deal. But uh, Sheffield United's overlapping centre backs they were all over the place again. So we, we've discussed it, I think every week so far what this overlapping centre back thing is. And again, if this is it, not very good. They were awful in the first half, Sheffield United. Yeah, and the thing is as well, Paul Abraham's banging them in. He scored against two basically championship defences for the last mm-hmm. two weeks which is what he's good at he's obviously done it for, for Villa last season um, 
in, in Bristol City in, in previous years and that kind of thing. So um, I'm not quite on the Abraham's the new Harry Kane or anything. Um, I think. I don't insult yeah. the man. He scored twice. <laughs> yeah, my apologies. Um, who is Gilmore? Who came on for? Tommy oh, Bobby Oppenheim? Gilmore. He's, he's some lad that, that Chelsea signed from um, from Rangers, I believe. Uh, and yeah, apparently Lampard rates him really highly, highly enough to bring him on uh, with eight minutes to go. And I don't think he did anything. Hmm. Yeah, I was just curious as to why, like him and Batshuayi came on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fair enough. Giroud not good enough for you, Frank, is he not? I, I think I thought it was strange considering that the <laughs> Chelsea were terrible in the second half. I'd probably say that Aspicua, yeah, I can't say his name, Chelsea's right back or captain, I suppose, was terrible throughout the whole game and, and, and didn't, and still played. You know, there was this, this talk that once Reese James is fit that he will no longer be in the squad and re- Rhys James will take the spot at right back. Really? Uh, that's, that's been the media talk this week as well. Um, but yeah, Chelsea were really poor in defence. They say they scored two good goals. Uh, again, but as I say, against a Sheffield United defence that was like falling over itself, uh, <laughs> basically. Uh, Dean Henderson literally gifted them the. Was it the first goal? It was the first goal, wasn't it? Where he kind of thought he'd been fouled but hadn't. Oh yes, yes. Uh... Yeah, and Abraham just managed to tap in. Um, but yeah, I, I was not impressed by Chelsea at all. You know, they're, but they, the thing is, they do look to be playing better football than last season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of it's more watchable from a neutral point of view. But uh, it's kind of, I hope it's for their sake it's a means to an end because uh, they're going nowhere fast at the minute. Mm-hmm. And they do give the ball away an awful lot still. Well, I mean, Kurt Zuma is fantastic, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, I thought he was quite good for Everton last season, but uh, yeah, I thought he was quality for Everton. He's, he's been atrocious in these four games so far. Yeah, just don't look at his social media at the moment. Uh, yeah, I say, but so what do you make of Pulisic? So we spoke last weekend that we didn't realise he was playing. Uh, he he definitely played this weekend. He had he had a few uh, good bits of link up play with Ross Barkley, um, but they've paid like fifty fifty eight million for him. I think is the reported amount. Yeah, you know, know. he's not Hazard's replacement, is he? Well, not yet. He's certainly a work in progress, but uh, he doesn't have the same sort of dynamism that Hazard has. Um, I don't really know what, what his best position is going to be because I think he, is he left-footed. I get the impression he's left-footed. Yeah, I believe he is. And they've been playing from the from the left for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, That's where he played for uh, Dortmund as well. Yeah, but generally nowadays the wingers play on the, on the opposite side. Um, I, I, did he do that here? I'm looking at the team and I'm assuming Mount or Barkley played from the left, maybe. So no, yeah, he pa- he played from the left, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, right. uh, he came inside now and again. It it was from what I could see on match of the day because obviously you, they don't. When you see the formations on beginning of match of the day, it doesn't mean that's where people are playing. It did look like he was coming in from the left. Well, I just think it's it's a bit old-fashioned now, isn't it? You, you tend to have. The wingers on opposite sides, um, more of a threat cutting in that mm-hmm. way. But I guess with Emerson, who's pretty attacking for a left back behind him, then maybe there's some benefit in that. But it's uh, again like I thought Kovacic seemed seems like a pretty good game with 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 Jorginho alongside him. Like how much can you really achieve? Mm-hmm. It seems uh, a little bit backwards. I, I just I, I'm just very uninspired by, by Chelsea. Like the 
they're, they're blooding a lot of youngsters, which is great, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think they're, they're going anywhere fast. Yeah. Uh, so Callum Robinson scored, I believe, his first goal for, for Sheffield United. He was at Preston last yeah. season, I believe. He was the one that, that they, 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 they signed. And for a second, we thought Mousset had scored his first goal um, for, for uh, Sheffield United. And, well, you know, obviously we haven't seen all those tapes where he scored loads of goals for Bournemouth, uh, for Huddersfield. No, Bournemouth. He was someone at Bournemouth, wasn't he? Uh, it, is, it is Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... and he hadn't scored loads of goals for them either. Uh, <laughs> it t- turned out to be a, C- a Kurt Zuma own goal. Um yeah, and Zuma obviously has had a lot of abuse on, on social media uh, of, of not the nice kind. But yeah, he, he doesn't look to have any confidence in him whatsoever. Um, I don't know if Christensen was injured though, which is what, which is why Tamori uh, played. He was on the bench, Christensen. Yeah, Christensen okay. So he could, mustn't have been that unwell, see, I wouldn't have thought. But. See, I, I hear a lot of people rating Tamori, but for every, for not, every time I've seen him for like the under-21s or the odd derby game I saw last season, he doesn't look that good. He... He can pass the ball, which is great for a defender. And I think um, I think he played a great long ball for Abraham early on in this game. But defensively, he 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 doesn't seem he, he's like Rio Ferdinand used to be not in the way that Rio Ferdinand was a good defender. Um, in the way that he, if you run at him, he doesn't know what to do mm, and yeah. stuff like that. But as I say, he's still young, I suppose. Uh, so getting getting these minutes will, will probably help. Um, but yeah. Sheffield United got a draw. Um, Chris Wilder still wasn't happy with it, though. To be fair, he's one. He's one of these, isn't he? Who's never happy, no matter what the result is. And people will say, "So oh, you know, he's just he's a winner who wants to win." Um, I'd be ecstatic with a draw, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be fair, uh, I say. But I say Sheffield United were really, really poor in the first half, and, and then pretty good in the second half. But Chelsea were poor in, in, in the second half. Uh, so, so you mentioned Billy Gilmore. A lot of the fans have been giving uh, old Frank a bit of grief for for bringing him on with eight minutes to go. Um, how long do you think before the shine comes off at Frank Lampard, Chelsea FC? I would be interested to know if Chelsea fans were expecting to be this poor. I know there was a lot, a lot of like playing down of expectations, but... That's two two home games and two draws. Mm-hmm. Uh, have I missed a game out there? No, I think that's right. Um, and their only win came at Norwich, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, last yeah, time they, it, they won at Norwich last weekend. And it, and even that was an eternal struggle, really. So, um, I'll be amazed if they finish in the top four. That's getting to the point where I'll be surprised if they finish in the top six. But we have we have said that. Football-wise, they look to be playing better football than last season. Obviously, they're not perform- They're not getting the results, and they're yep. not perform- They're not in the table as high as they were last season. Uh, but Chelsea fans were very vocal about hating the type of football that, that Sarri played last season. Do you think? Mm-hmm. The, do you think that's enough to get Frank through? Obviously, he knows the club, as as we keep hearing and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think him being Frank Lampard should be enough to see him through this season, at least. Uh, and then once he can start buying players again, then we'll probably get a, a fair indication. I think whoever had the job this season, their job was to get the young players brought through. Mm-hmm. Um, they had very little alternative, really. They yeah. couldn't buy anybody. Yeah. Um, the likes of, I think it was Zappacosta got loaned out this week. Yeah, Zappacosta's gone, yeah. So they're starting to trim the fat, and if that means, as you say, like the likes of Reese James are going to come in and get more more game time mm-hmm. then that can only be a good thing I would have thought yeah 
Uh, on to Leicester City then. They hosted Eddie Howe's Bournemouth uh, at the King Power Stadium. Uh, Leicester, probably one of the most impressive teams so far this season. Uh, coming away 3-1 winners here. Jamie Vardy, uh, interestingly enough, since Brendan Rodgers has taken over uh, at Leicester, has scored more goals in the Premier League than any other player. Yeah. Uh, considering he struggled quite a lot under Claude Puel, uh, he looked quite ostracised at, at times. Uh, he scored twice in this game, and his first goal was absolutely superb. It was the Vardy of the title-winning season. That was a great finish, though, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was absolutely great. Yeah, perfect. Didn't bounce before it hit the net and everything. I mean, Vardy when he's on form like that is, is uh, he's really fun to watch. Like mm-hmm. he's the type of strike you, you want to see. Um, I still think he called time in his England career too soon um, but from Leicester's point of view they'll be delighted if he gets two weeks off and comes back after the national break and he's, yeah. he's still still in this kind of form um, it, it is weird though because as I say, he called time in his international career and under Claude Puel he didn't look like this sort of player he looked very laboured uh, and what have you and like his missus is about to have their fifth child fifth stuff. yeah apparently fifth Friggy. he's like uh, a genetic, yeah. genetic jackhammer isn't he yeah so, someone at work asked why Rebecca Vardy was having five kids and I was like well if my husband was earning 200 grand a week I'd be firing him out as well passes the time uh, yeah <laughs> um, but yeah he, he looks a, he looks the Jamie Vardy of a couple of years ago as I said like he, he's running he's hustling for the ball all throughout the game but was absolutely fantastic I think the big difference here as well to the Puel era is that they've got Madison and Telemans um, actively trying to give them the ball at all times mm-hmm. instead of passing it sideways, sideways, sideways until he's 20 yards from goal. And by that point, there's no way for him to run in behind. Mm, yeah, um, I think there's, a, there's a, a definite change in the way they play. Um, I was um, kind of sceptical about Rodgers taking this job because of the way he plays and I didn't know if it would play to Vardy's hands, but mm-hmm. Ferry's adapted. Um, and they look really good. Yep. Um, happy to see Perez get dropped this weekend. Okay, from a bitter point of view, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I watched them play us on Wednesday night in the cup, and they played pretty much a full strength team and didn't really uh, overawe us, considering we had more or less the second team out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were back at their best here. They were very good. Yeah, uh, I say Soyanchu, I, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, has uh, stepped in to, to fill the gap left by Harry Maguire. Uh, he was fairly promising. I think he only played a handful of games for Leicester last season. Uh, but before he joined Leicester, Arsenal were linked with him, uh, oh. and he and, and for some reason that deal didn't happen. He ended up going to Leicester and sitting on their bench all season. Um, but yeah, he, he looked he looked all right. He made a few silly mistakes um, and stuff. But yeah, he, 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 he I think it was him that played the long ball to Vardy for the goal yeah, I think, yeah, as I think well. It was. Um, I enjoyed one quite early on where he, he he won the ball back. I think he skinned his man in the corner and then played a ridiculously loose like <laughs> ball across his own box. Yeah, he'd have been brilliant at Arsenal, wouldn't he? I know. I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> they can surely pick a centre half. Um, but yeah, they said this was Brendan Rodgers' 500th game in 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 football. But obviously, about 200 of those were in Scotland, so they don't count. Um, uh, the the main talking point, apart from say Yuri Tillman's got a goal, uh, but the main talking point for this game is the challenge he made. Uh, on uh, Daniel? No, not Daniels. It was on Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson, yeah. Um, not a very nice challenge, but then an identical one that people don't seem to be talking about was made by Jefferson Lerma. Oh, yeah, well, first let's say we'll do one at a time. I mean, I don't understand how Telemans isn't a red card once mm-hmm. being reviewed. Yeah. There's nothing good about it. Like... Yeah, he's over <coughs> the ball. You could argue he's out of control. He's above the ankle. 
Yeah, and then for that to be reviewed and still not be a red card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, it was nasty. Jefferson Lerma is a walking card. <laughs> I was <laughs> waiting for that. That's why I wrote down about your challenge. Um, but to get away with that, uh, I don't, did he get booked at all? I'm assuming. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure he got a bu- he got a booking for it because uh, Tillman's got a booking for his. Yeah, and that's this thing where they don't want to re-ref the game and you know make the on-field refs out to be weak or anything like that. But um, what's the point of having it? Like you've got to look at it and apply the laws of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was there? Uh, Callum Wilson booked for diving, unusually. Yeah. Not a player he's generally known for. Uh, I can't remember now if there was any contact on it. I don't think there was. No, I think it was probably the right decision. Looking back, it was. It was only a few minutes after he'd uh, after he'd been uh, decked by Tillman. Yeah. I think. So, <laughs> a, rough, a rough couple of minutes for him. Really, he did get a goal though. So it was him who, who scored Bournemouth's goal. Um, but yeah, Bournemouth looked showed signs of their defensive frailty that we saw from them last season. Uh, for the third goal, especially, they were a bit shambolic at the back. Uh, to be fair, yeah, they can't defend. Um, they've just—I think obviously Chuck Daniels went off with an injury last weekend. Looks like he's going to be out for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just—I think Nathan Ake played left back again, um, and he's their best centre half. And they've got Rico. I think he was a left back, sat on the bench, and it's like, well, you paid something like twenty million for him. You might as well play him. Mm-hmm. Instead of putting your best centre half at left back, like it just seems a bit backwards to me. Yeah, it's it's, it's really strange. I say, uh, I know they've they've never been known for their uh, defensive strength, but last season they had a bad run, and we thought they'd kind of shored it up a bit. Um, but yeah, they were a, a little bit um, a little bit all over the place at times yesterday. Uh, but say Leicester's still looking really, really good. Uh, on to another team then looking really good. West Ham United uh, took on Norwich at the London Stadium or whatever it is they're calling uh, at the moment. And do you know what? I think I've got an apology to make. Oh, yeah. Masuaku. Oh, what a lad. Right. Now, I'm pretty sure... I can't remember if it was on here or not, but I remember I have called this man one of the worst left-backs I have ever seen. Apart from Cuco Martinez, he will still have that that title. Um, and I've heard West Ham fans for the last six months or so go on about how Masuaku is like the first name on, on the sheet. Because I really like Aaron Creswell, and he's obviously keeping him out of the team. And I've always been like, I don't get it. I don't get that why um, Masuaku starts. In this game... I see. I see why because he was bombing forward. He was he was good on the ball. Yes, he gets caught out of position a lot, but I think that seems to be a thing with with uh, wing backs at the moment. You know, uh, and and West Ham was set up to cover for him. There was there was always someone there to cover him from way forward. So I take it back. He's not he's he's not one of the worst left backs I've seen. He seems to have really grown into his role at West Ham. Um, I say West Ham. Interesting enough, have used more players this season than anyone else uh, as. Pellegrini tries to settle down his squad but this for this was the first game he kept the same team for two games in a row and they are looking really really settled now uh, Haller scored again uh, and looks absolutely fantastic to see a, a player that big because obviously he's, he's a big fella you know doing little back heels around the corner and stuff like that is absolutely sensational um, I think West Ham could have a really good season yeah no, I agree I, agree. I think uh, I think I made the comparison between Haller and, and Rondon a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and I'm going to stand by that because he uh he just makes that team ten times better than it mm-hmm. uh, than it would be otherwise. Um, 
I think I saw Javier Hernandez has left now as well. Uh, he's put a transfer request in to go to Sevilla. Uh, yeah. Apparently talks are going through at the moment. Yeah, oh well. Um, so, I mean, that pretty much firms up his, his starting spot anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just looks like a real threat. He was unlucky to only get the one goal. He should have had a penalty as well. Yeah, I, don't understand I was going to say, how yeah, he should have had a penalty. I about that written down. don't really understand how it wasn't a penalty again. These things get checked by VAR. Mm-hmm. What's the point? If you, like it, it looked all ends up a penalty. I yep. don't see how, how it wasn't, but never mind. But um, West Ham have spent a lot on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really get away from that, but Yarmolenko has come back after a long injury. He looked yeah. very good last I, season before I, he got crocked. So. I completely forgot that he'd been out for 10 months. Yeah. It was only his interview after the game where he was like, "Yeah, you know, I've been out because he went and celebrated with the, uh, the physios yes, and stuff, did, didn't yeah. they?" And I was like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize. I just thought he hasn't been playing." Um, <laughs> but he scored a cracking goal as well. Oh yeah, took it well. I mean, Hallow and, Fina- and Felipe Anderson must cost what seventy, eighty million between them. Yeah, it's not exactly a small outlay, is it, mm-hmm. for uh, for a team of West Ham's stature at the minute? Mm-hmm. Um, if everyone stays fit and everyone's playing as they should. West Ham could be top eight. Yeah, they are, they are playing really well at the moment. Yeah, it's um, it's really uh, it's really hard to see a weakness in there. Um, even the likes of Ogbonna, who hasn't always been brilliant, him and Diop have made quite a quite a solid partnership back there. Yeah, and I uh, you, Mark Nobles having having a good a good solid season. Yeah, and of course Declan Rice, who has gone pretty quiet on, but I think that's probably a good thing from a mm-hmm. defensive midfielder if he's not in the headlines means he's probably doing his job mm-hmm. um, so yeah there's, there's an awful lot to be happy about at West Ham and I think Lanzini coming back from his big injury uh, has made all the difference as well because he's uh, he's very good he's he's top four level player really mm-hmm. yeah they're really good uh, the only question I have regarding Norwich really uh, is uh, what colour is that away shirt uh... I could not figure it out yesterday <laughs> Pass. Yeah, if any Norwich fans are listening, if you happen to be outside of Norwich, so I have access to the internet. Um, <laughs> if you can let us know what colour your away shirt is supposed to be, because yeah, I have it's it's like one of them cars you see, like that looks like black and grey, but when you look at it, it's got like a ready ready orange colour to it. Yeah, it's really really strange. Um, I say Norwich did try and play their their attacking uh, football. Uh, I remember Max Aaron's making a, a run into the box and, and not much coming off it. Um, talking about Haller as well, that, do you see the tackle he made on Zimmerman? Yeah, it wasn't great, was it? <laughs> that the, the, um, Daniel Farker is blamed for the first goal because oh, yeah. uh, Zimmerman couldn't run to cover the space. Well, maybe they should have got Zimmerman as Zimmer for him and then he would have got <laughs> Oh, wow! Have you got that written down? <laughs> I haven't. I was just, look- oh, wow. I was just looking at his name. Wow, I am tempted to end the podcast now. Wow. <laughs> Forever. Fantastic. If that's not the name of this show. Oh, brilliant. Uh, but yeah, so it shows that Haller's got that in his game as well. You know, he does all the little, nice little flicks and tricks and, and stuff like that. But yeah, he put in a tackle, like, I think it was in the fifth minute or something, just to lay down a marker is what they used to say, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I've always said if you can cripple your opposition and then run at them at pace, <laughs> then you'll probably do all right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and this was uh, this was one of uh, quite a few games in the Premier League this season, uh, this weekend rather, uh, where VAR basically proved itself to be useless. Um, mm. There was talk. Of, I don't know if it's just uh, I heard a lot of people saying it wasn't working properly. I don't know if that's just that they weren't using it properly, or if there was some kind of fault or anything. I mean, I'll lay into VAR when we get to the, the Aston Villa game, but. Uh... 
it's been a weekend where every game has had some sort of controversy which should have been cleared up by VAR and it hasn't been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think people are now actually more angry now than they were before VAR came in because yeah. now they're actively being shown how useless they are. Yeah. The referees, that is, rather than... You know, the te- there's nothing wrong with the technology. Well, no, I, and that's the thing. I think people originally were, were concerned that VAR was going to come in and re-referee games. I know it isn't doing that. People are complaining that it isn't doing that. But then referees are making terrible decisions. Yeah, well, the problem is it's those same referees who are behind the screens mm-hmm. in, in um, Stockley Park... Yep. Stockley Park. Yeah. Um, who were there and they're looking at these things and say, Ah, oh, that's not a red card tackle on Callum Wilson or Halla hasn't been fouled for that penalty. Um it's what what chance have you got? Well the thing is they're not even looking at that, are they? They're just looking at has the referee made a mistake? Has my mate made a mistake? Yeah. Basically. Uh, that's what they're uh, looking at. And the problem is, if you know, I don't know who was doing the, the screens for various matches, but if Craig Pawson says, Oh yeah, Michael Oliver's made a mistake the next time the rules are reversed, is Michael Oliver going to say, oh, he's definitely made a mistake? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if there's an element of that or not. Probably not, but it's got, there's got to be something. Like it, Some of these decisions were scandalously bad. Yeah, well, talking scandalously bad, then we'll come on to Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa. Uh, Jordan Ayew continued his scoring run, two goals in two games. Uh Trezeguet was sent off for two silly yellow cards. Uh, the only other thing I have written down here is that Henry Lansbury's got... The fact that Henry Lansbury's still playing for Aston Villa surprised me. Um, but yeah, he had a goal disallowed uh, because Jack Grealish apparently dived. Yeah, so... I mean, again, VAR took the stick for this, but it's really not VAR's fault. It's Kevin Friend's fault yeah, for... blowing the not, whistle. For, for not, you know, being a sensible man. <laughs> but... Um, I mean, I thought this would finish nil nil in truth, um, but I, I didn't bank on Jordan AU apparently. So, um, Palace are, are, are dreadful, but they're fourth. Like, how's that happened? Two two wins in two, isn't it? You know, yeah. beating Man United last weekend. Yeah, I mean that's it's not right, is it? Like, I the don't fact that they know. won at home is surprisingly enough. It is. I mean, they had twenty two shots and managed five on target. And I imagine 21 of those shots were from Milivojevic from 30 yards plus. Um, they're a very strange team. Like, look, look at the lineup here. Obviously, Ayu forward, Zaha generally a forward, I guess. Schlup, Kriade, Milivojevic, Makarta. Feel that creativity in there. Oh god, yeah, all those sideways passes. Oh yes, and and then you know the old Brexit three of the back four: Jewel Ward, Martin Kelly, Gary Cahill. And then Van Arnold, who's just can't defend. Yeah, it, yeah. I say it wasn't wasn't the greatest of games, and but yeah, the the decision that Grealish dived. And I, I've seen people say it serves him right for his reputation, but I don't even see how you, he he played a pass. Yeah, he played a pass and got a nudge, and it's not like I don't know where to start. Like, why are you blowing the whistle there? When he's passed the ball, it's not like he's, he's tried to take him on and dived. Like he's passed the ball off and gone down. Now you can argue all day whether he's gone down softly or not. I mean, the fact is he got pushed in the back as he mm-hmm. as he hits a pass, so he's naturally going to be off balance anyway. Um, and then it's it's obviously gone in the back of the net. So because he's blown the whistle, they can't check VAR or anything like that. But can't they check VAR to say, well, okay, look, he made a mistake in giving that foul. 
the, the play didn't stop when Lansby hit the ball in. Everyone thought it was a goal. So surely VAR could have been like, look, the mistake, the, the clear and obvious error is the fact that you've blown for a free kick. But as you, like, on match of the day, they showed the, the whistle blowing and stuff like that. That could have been anything, to be fair. It didn't sound like a referee's whistle <laughs> either. You know, I, I don't know yet. I think Villa claiming that that could be the decision that relegates them and stuff like that, I think is a little bit much, to be fair. But you don't want those decisions happening, do you? Well, no, I mean, he should never have blown the whistle for that anyway. I mean, it's, it's, it's a horrendous error. I'm with you, I agree that that's the type of thing that VAR should be looking at as well. Because mm-hmm. it's it's obviously led to a goal. But I can understand that as soon as he blows his whistle for a free kick outside the box, um, then that's not covered by VAR. Or else they'll, they'll get in the realms of you know using VAR for every single decision. But... Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. It's not as cut and dried as that. Like it, it, it's fundamentally a goal-scoring incident. Yeah. Do you think that VAR? So we've got the international break now. Do you think that pe- people will be getting together to discuss the uses of VAR? Because okay, it's the first season we, we, we've been using it here, uh, and I imagine it will evolve slightly the use of it. Uh, as when we come on to our next game, I think one of the rules has already been relaxed slightly, mm. perhaps. Um, which we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, do you think that that could happen during the international break, where referees might get together and say, oh, "Look, this is what this is what we need to do. This obviously isn't working." You know, mainly as a PR exercise, if anything. Maybe um, I, I'm not overly sure they will, though. I think they'll probably give it more more time than, than just four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, up until this weekend, I'd, I'd kind of been okay with it. Like most of the rules have been followed. People can dislike the rules all they want, but mm-hmm. generally the use of VAR had been relatively good. Um, this weekend, it was like it wasn't working. Yeah, like, it, 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 it did seem <laughs> like but every game had something. Yeah, but I mean, fundamentally, the error today, uh, yesterday in the Villa game was down to Kevin Friend mm-hmm. um, making a, a blunder, calling something a dive that was never a dive. Yeah. Um, and if all these things have been reviewed, then again, it's the refs who are looking at the VAR who mm-hmm. aren't following... The protocol, um, you know, if, if um, Telemans have been sent off, people are going, yeah, that's right, VAR's done its job there. Yeah, I, um, I spoke to a couple of uh, Villa fans uh, today, like, and, and and they were like, they they went to the game and stuff like that, and they were saying that Kevin Friend was awful throughout the whole game. Well, it, it wasn't just that one decision; that was probably not the worst decision he made. I mean. Um, I mean, he, he is awful as a referee. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he's he's been in the news for not being the best <laughs> referee before anyway. Uh, he, he needs all the help he can get. Um, but he's not the only one. There's a few refs mm-hmm. who, who aren't great. Um, I mean, obviously we'll come on to today's games in a bit, but I would say both games today were refereed pretty well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not like it's every ref. Um, but he made a right balls up of this. Definitely. Uh, on to Newcastle then, Dave. Uh, back at St James's Park, uh, playing Watford, who, uh, it's fair to say, haven't had the best of starts of the season. Uh, Watford came away from St James's with their first point of the season, though. Uh, Will Hughes scoring after a minute? Yeah. For some reason, he seems to have it in for us. He's got a couple of goals at St James's now, which is odd for a man who doesn't really score, but there you go. Um I mean, their goal was fortunate in the sense that it took about three deflections and just mm-hmm. landed. I was going to say, yeah, it landed perfectly. right his feet, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I was quite surprised to see Watford change from 4-4-2. Mm-hmm. Um, they switched to like a, 
well, basically matched us up and went, went 3-5-2 with uh, Pereira playing up with Gray. Um, yeah. Or, you know, Pereira and Hughes kind of off Gray, but um, it uh, certainly seemed to work for them. Yeah. Um, so they dropped their record signing, didn't they? Emilio Saar, who his name is? Yeah, I'm not sure if he started yet, but he uh, he didn't even go off the bench here, so mm-hmm. fair play. I don't know where Kapuwe was either. Um, I don't know if he was injured or, or what, but he, he wasn't playing, so whether that was the reason why they switched up, I don't, I don't know, but... Um, I say we, we played in the cup on the Wednesday night, and we, we had a lot of injuries. We rested a few players as well. Um, just about everyone recovered, but I'm not sure everyone was 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe Linton uh, apparently was playing with a, a tight groin. Yeah, so there's there's only him and Muto really as strikers. I mean, Dwight Gale's perennially injured. Um, we can't flog him because he's injured. So, and Andy Carroll will be perennially injured, but mm-hmm. he's allegedly on his way back after the national break. So. Mm-hmm whoop do but um, this a lot of talks being that you know Newcastle this season remind people of the Steve McLaren era um, this actually reminded me more of the, the Glen Roder era where we were just very flat no real spark um, we got a goal from a lucky break which really should have been disallowed under the new rules um, it hits Isaac Hayden on the hand yeah. therefore shouldn't count how they missed that, I don't really know, because if they managed to pick out that one at Spurs the other week when... Uh, well, the one at Wolves on the opening day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there's been a few iffy ones, but handball is handball by this new rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this one to be missed, obviously I'm, I'm thankful because we probably wouldn't have scored otherwise, um, but shouldn't really have counted. Yeah. So it's, an, it's another black mark against whoever was refereeing this one from from the old Stockley Park. Uh, so I mentioned that Joe Linton apparently played with a tight groin. He still looked pretty good, good though. Uh, he he was involved with the goal, wasn't he? Like he won the ball in his own half. Yeah, and he, and, and and set set the play in motion. He works very hard off the ball. Um, my, he's a bit like Firmino in the sense that I never really get the impression he's going to score, um, but he will help those around him. Now the problem is those around him aren't very good. <laughs> uh, Almiron just. Short of confidence. Yeah, he missed a, a cracking chance early doors, didn't he? He's getting in all the positions and things, but uh, it's just it's just not happening for him in the final third. Um, mm-hmm. he, last week at Spurs, he worked so hard. You could see his worth of the team, uh, playing an away performance like that, picking the ball up, leaving the leaving the pressure off the, off the defence by you know being able to run up the field with it. Um, fantastic. But here, when you really need our attacking three to be scoring or creating... Uh, he, he fluffed his lines badly on a, on a couple of occasions. Mm-hmm. Newcastle uh, had chances to win it, then. Well, he had had a shot from distance, which was well saved. Muto at the end. Uh, Muto at the end. I don't know why he just ran in a straight line until he was <laughs> until, until he was so so narrow on the angle. He should have been cut in field. Yeah, I thought if he'd have cut in, the defender would have gone the other way. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing. Well, yeah. I'm guessing he didn't want to come in onto his left foot, but. Uh, Anything that opens up the the goal more, I would have thought would have helped. But uh, he just ran until it was pretty much impossible for him to score. Uh, so it's probably two points drop. But for, we seem to say we seem to be carrying a lot of knocks and things at the minute. So four points from Spurs away and Watford at home is is okay. That, that's yeah. not the end of the world, and that's just the way we have to look at things at the minute. Excellent. I say glad for the international break then. Uh, yes, as long as we can get a few back, uh, or at least you know, a few, a few rested up. Um, I, I refuse to believe Andy Carroll is going to be the saviour. 
Um, oh, I can't wait for him to come back. And, and our first game back is Liverpool away. So oh, it's written in would, the stars, isn't wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be a story? Written in, written in the fucking <laughs> stars. Oh, be brilliant. Right, we'll come on to Liverpool. I was, I was going to purposely not talk about them this episode, uh, but I thought that wouldn't be fair on the one or two decent Liverpool fans that exist in the world. Um, Liverpool went to Turf Moor in the evening kickoff. Um, and usually you'd think it was Burnley doing all the all the whinging and kicking and moaning and stuff, but in this instance it wasn't. Uh, Liverpool can weigh three nil winners uh, thanks to Chris Wood's own goal. Which how they spotted that this even hit Chris Wood, I don't know. Well, I spotted it in real time. Like you hit the cross and it mm-hmm. went in, and the commentators giving it the whole. Oh, he's looped it in. Did he mean it? I'm like, well, it fucking deflected. <laughs> See, I, um, I didn't. I was watching it on my phone in the gym though, so oh, I definitely right, didn't well, spot you, it. You have an ex- you have an excuse, but like. I watched straight away and said that's deflected. And yeah. it seemed to take about 10 replays before someone pointed out that it had hit Chris Wood on the back. And, I, uh, I was wondering why Pope just seemed to watch it go over him. I just thought uh, Alexander Arnold had, had completely mishit across and it had yeah. gone in. But I'm sat there watching. You could, as it was going towards the goal, I'm thinking, why isn't Pope doing anything? <laughs> well, this is going to go over his head. And it yeah. did. But uh, yeah, I completely missed the, the, um, the deflection. You see how sad Klopp was in his interview when he found <laughs> yeah, out it was an old goal. Yeah, yeah. Just paid him his, win- his goal bonus or something. No, for he, sake. He, took, he took it very badly. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Liverpool do what Liverpool do, where they they won without ever really playing that well. Yeah. Um, Again, that's, that's, that's the thing, they didn't play that well. They played brilliantly against us that weekend. Um, I mean, you look at the goals, obviously this one we just talked about. Ben Mee gives the ball away. Yeah, literally three minutes score. later, here you go, have another yeah, one. Yeah, and that was pretty much the game done. And then there was an awful lot of nothing until uh, we got one on, oh, I wouldn't say the break, but it had been coming for a while where Salah had been trying to score himself. Mm-hmm, uh, that's what come on to. Until Firmino took it off his toe and, and scored. Yeah. But uh, <sighs> it's, it's what Liverpool are good at. If they get ahead, uh, the more teams commit against them than, you know... That's uh, that's exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, that front three are pretty adept at, uh, at putting teams to the sword. Any sort of mistake is generally punished. It's yeah. it's not a not a bad way to ruin it. That's the thing. I say I thought Burnley were you know were causing problems up until the the first goal went in. Yeah, and, and then they were they were and obviously me gave the ball away like two minutes later, and and it was game practically game over. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's Liverpool's record 13th win now, uh, so you know they're, they're on a bit of form. Uh, one thing I've got to say, another fullback who I've given a lot of shit to, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, who I don't rate as a defender whatsoever, had a good defensive game, and he does look like he's improved on that side of his game. Because I've just thought he was a midfielder who they happened to play at wing-back. <laughs> I actually thought that bringing Gomez for this, with Burnley being you know a little bit more physical, a little bit more mm-hmm. direct... Um, but to be fair to Klopp, he, he didn't. He stuck with uh, he stuck with Alexander Arnold, and mm-hmm. as you say, he, he did well against White McNeil, yeah. um, who was a lot taller than I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he had a, a good summer like on the growth chart, but uh, he uh, he obviously is Burnley's biggest attacking threat yeah. um, from a from you know a midfield winger's point of view, um, and uh, he generally couldn't couldn't make anything happen because he was well marshalled all game so mm-hmm. fair play to Trent yeah, yeah. Uh, Bobby Firmino interesting enough is the first Brazilian to score 50 goals in the Premier League uh, quite surprising considering how prominent Brazilian players have been in world football yeah that's, that came up and I thought Christ that's odd and then 
practically couldn't name couldn't another Brazilian. Uh, yeah, another Brazilian <laughs> player who scored fifty goals. So yeah, yeah, it, it, it's really weird. There, but you think when you think of football, especially in the nineties, you're thinking, oh, it's all these Brazilians. But of course, they were all going to play in Spain. Yeah, uh, and that lot. Uh, the big talking point for this game, though, has to be Mohamed Salah's bullshit is finally spreading across the rest of the club. Now, apparently, Sadio Mane is one of the most nicest, calmest people you will ever see. But, boy, was he... Not, he was me on a five-a-side pitch. He <laughs> was not happy at all. And you can kind of see why, can't you? Yeah, I don't know if Liverpool pay like, goal bonuses to Salah by the million, but... Um... <laughs> He just doesn't pass, does he? No, like, he's not a team player at all. And, no, and I mean, this, uh, apparently this is part of the reason why he was bombed out of Chelsea, because he wasn't a team player who was only interested in himself. Uh, and obviously it was a Mourinho was there, and he wanted players who played for the team, who would get back and defend, and Salah was never going to be that type of player. Obviously he's been at Liverpool, he's had a fantastic record since he's been there, so obviously that masks a few of these problems and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he really came to a head. I mean, he generally does his bit defensively. I would never say he was a lazy player, but uh, he just won't pass. Um, and to be fair, I've, I've noticed a few times, I don't think Mane likes passing to Salah either. If you look back historically, there's not that many goals Salah's scored that have been assisted by Mane. Mm-hmm. It's usually Firmino, just the lifting, in it? Well, generally, yes. But um, I don't know, obviously, I think they did Mane tie with Salah for the goal. Yeah, yeah they both got and, and Aubameyang. Yeah, yeah the three? the three yeah. of them, yeah. So I don't know if there's a little bit of personal rivalry there or not, but if it had been 1-0 and Salah hadn't passed that ball to Mane and had missed and had finished 1-1, I think you know that would have been a bigger big, big story. But mm-hmm. um, Salah just loves loves goals, doesn't he? And uh, at 3-0 up, he wanted one for himself rather than Mane getting another one, mm-hmm. which is not great, he would have to say. That's but... the thing, it must be frustrating because the, on Match of the Day, they highlighted at least two chances where he could have slid in. Uh, yeah, Mane. I think Mane was one. Firmino was the the other. And I say, yeah. Firmino's goals, he stole off his toe because he wouldn't have passed that either. No, he wouldn't. Uh, and, and stuff like that. And you know, I I've you know I, I only play five aside football, and we have a couple of players because obviously like, I'm the, in in the group I play with. I'm the I'm the oldest, and there's like a a few of the younger lads who like basically are your, your Salas and your Manes and stuff like that and they won't pass to me because they know that I can't run and you know and take people on and stuff like that and it infuriates the fuck out of me on, on like a five-a-side pitch so <laughs> as a Premier League footballer you know it you must it must be when the you know the pressure's really on it, it must be inc- incredibly frustrating but like it must obviously be something that's been spoke about in the dressing room because the way Ma- I think Mane sat on the bench was like I told you he doesn't fucking pass Mm. And stuff like that. So it's obviously a dis- this isn't something out of nowhere. This is a discussion that obviously, obviously, as has happened. Um, but yeah, you, you, these are usually the sort of things you see on the training ground. You know, you don't see them happen on pitches. And obviously, Mane didn't feel like he, he, he should have come off uh, and stuff like that. And obviously, Salah still stays on and, and carries on with his bullshit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it you know. I remember we had this discussion last season when Salah went through that run where he wasn't scoring and he was doing this then. And we, I remember saying, is this going to cost Liverpool games? Because mm. he wanted to do everything himself because he was desperate to score. But when he's doing it, when he's on four, you know, what's going to happen? And it's not like Klopp's going to drop him to teach him a lesson. No, probably not. Well, definitely not, I'd say. But I'd say the only thing you'd like to say is what would have happened had it been 1-0 or 0-0. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, would you have would you have passed it? I mean, when you're three 0 up and all your mates have scored, 
you probably want to get yourself on the score sheet. Mm. Um, it doesn't excuse it, of course it doesn't, but you can see he, he loves scoring goals, which Klopp will say is a great thing, um, but must drive your teammates absolutely mad. Yeah, and so hopefully that they can iron the problem out and stuff like that, because you don't want something like this spreading. Uh, so there becomes like an a, an animosity between them uh, and whatever, because obviously that won't end well for the club. Because uh, say, if we say that they're having problems passing to each other now, imagine what it's going to be like now they've had a disagreement uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, but say Liverpool again, not not playing great and still winning games back at the top of the Premier League. You know, it's, it's winning. Well, winning, winning games at a canter as well. Yeah. It's not uh, it was like they scored a second goal late on. Mm-hmm. They were t- turning up inside forty minutes. Uh, traditionally, one of the you know the toughest places to go when when Burnley are at it. Yeah, and uh, the game was was dead by half time. Mm-hmm. Uh, on to Sunday's games then. So we started the day off uh, with Super Sunday with Everton hosting Wolves. Uh, Wolves fresh from uh, qualifying for the Europa League uh, took on an Everton team that uh, for the first time had uh, Moyoses Moses. Yeah. I think the Carragher was calling him Moyes, I think. Moyes, okay. David Moyes Keane. David Moyes Keane. Uh, David yeah. Moyes Keane started. Uh, Fabian Delft started in midfield. And Alex Iwobi, the greatest player of all time, started <laughs> for Everton and scored a header as Everton came away 3 2 winners. In If you missed the first five minutes of this game, you'd have been quite disappointed. Um, I think 11, 11 minutes in, it was 2 1. I think so. Uh, it was a great, it was a good, good watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I really it, enjoyed uh, it. It lost its way for 15 minutes in the second half where Everton had basically killed the game and Wolves had nothing. They had nothing left to, to offer. Mm-hmm. And then the, then they remembered that Ryan Bennett could throw the ball quite far and that seemed to uh, re-inspire them. But then Everton scored again. So, never mind. But I enjoyed it. It was a good game. Yeah. Not, not, not impressed with the defending too much, to be fair. Considering I think Everton had had a decent defence uh, in the last couple of games. Well, I've lost 10 followers on Twitter today and I'm pretty sure it's because I insulted Connor Cody. Oh, how dare you? I know, I never do that. <laughs> but um, There's a lot of talk this week about it should have been Cody in the England squad instead of Tyrone Mings. Mm-hmm. He's been, um, yeah, he's been taped for the England squad for a while, hasn't Which, he? to be fair, I, I would rather have Connor Cody in the England squad than Tyrone Mings. But um, that doesn't mean either of them should be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that first goal was ridiculously bad considering you know these two have played together for a season or so now um, Cody in particular hasn't missed a game so they're obviously very familiar with each other mm-hmm. and yet he waited for Patricio to come and then tried to pass the ball back to where uh, it was just a mess and obviously Richardson took it well but to yeah. start a game like that away from home it's yeah. it's not good you could argue the defending wasn't great for any of the goals to be fair uh, like Wolves' equaliser was 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 sloppy. Um, great bit of work from Armand Traore, who looks like he's done a lot of work over the summer. Uh, I mm. think when he came in against Man United, he had a very similar effect, uh, and he's played really well in the Europa League. Yeah, the only thing about him is that where did he go for the last hour of the game? Yeah, he, he did kind of burn very, out, didn't he? <laughs> very good for half an hour. He had, mm-hmm. I was I, I had Dini on to get booked. Uh, after the first five minutes, because I thought there's no way he's going to live with him for the whole match. Well, he's either going to get booked or killed when Troyer runs <laughs> through him, isn't he? Yeah, it was one or the other. Uh, and yet, he, you know, didn't get booked um, because they stopped either, they either stopped giving him the ball or he just stopped being an outlet. But uh, mm-hmm. it was um, 
quite frightening, really, for that first half an hour, how, how good he was at getting the ball and not only beating him, but leaving him for dead, like, yeah. within a couple of yards. Uh, and he's also worked on his end product, which was kind of always the, the problem with Traore, was that he was so quick. Um, he didn't seem to be, be able to keep up with his own legs at times, but uh, I think kind of the problem was that no one else could keep up with him either. He was, he was <laughs> yeah. getting, getting past his man, and then that was that. Um, so at least with him playing as a wing back instead of a, rather than a, like a wide forward, he's got more distance to cover, which gives more people the chance to, to keep up with him. Yeah. But well, well, Seamus Coleman kindly held the ball up for the yeah, Wolves attackers for, for bizarre, their first thing. <laughs> Literally, the ball just hits him, just stands there, just <laughs> watching it until Sace came in and tapped it in. Um, but yeah, um, Richarlison scoring twice his first two goals of the season. Uh, the second goal, how he wins that header. It's like it's like Bowley didn't expect him to even be there. Like, did Bowley just think no one was going to be around for this cross? I mean, Bowley had a, a disaster of a game, really, didn't he? Obviously, he got sent off in, in injury time. Oh, I, did, I completely missed that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, second, I, I missed that. Card. I think yeah. I was too busy prepping for the uh, for the Arsenal game, but yeah, I didn't notice that at all. I'm glad you said that. We look really stupid. It was it was in about the 95th minute, in, in fairness, um, a second yellow card, uh, which allowed me to pull out the. Uh, what a silly Willie card! So, oh, it's always, okay, always, yeah, yeah. always a good day when you can say that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as you say, the defending for all five goals was questionable at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mourinho actually made a good point in the uh, in the aftermath where he said, for the you know the long throw which led to the goal. Yeah, Ryan Bennett's throws go to about the six yard line of the near post. Mm-hmm. Um, so why was Mina just hanging around like the penalty spot? Like yeah. you want your best out of the ball, going where you know the throw is going to go to. It's like they hadn't seen the throw before, isn't it? It's like oh, they haven't done this before. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Like you wouldn't think. Yeah, definitely. N- N- Nuno with his with his <laughs> with his Portuguese style and super agent and stuff. They're, they're using Ryan Bennett's long throw. To... <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I say Jimenez got the uh, second equaliser for Wolves. Took a kick in the face at the same time as well. Um, I wasn't sure he was going to get back get back up and start playing again because they had to do a concussion test on him and everything, didn't they? I was kind of surprised he did, to be honest. Yeah, he, uh, did, he didn't look in good shape at all. No, he didn't. Um, and they had is it Nato? Nito? Yeah, no, Red, Red, I, ready, ready, ready to come anyway. on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but, mind. Yeah, so Everton. You know, going going well. Uh, to be fair, um, I've seen a few Wolves fans not happy with how things are going. I think they're seventeenth in the table at the moment. Uh, they've played a lot of games, though. I think I think this is their seventh, eighth, ninth game of the season, something like that. Yeah, I mean, the main thing for them was to, I guess, to get into the Europa League group stages. Um, mm-hmm. They've done that, but it's only going to get harder here. They've got to go to like Istanbul, I think. I, th- I think they said um, they've got a couple of long trips. Um, and it's not going to get any easier in terms of playing Thursday, Sunday. Yeah, I said the international break might be okay for them. They do have a lot of internationals at the club now, but most of them only got to go to Portugal. Haven't they? Yeah, so, true. Uh, I think we said this point a few weeks ago, though, where the squad's not particularly big mm-hmm. um, to do the whole Thursday, Sunday thing, which, you know, I think I've said that about Man United already. Yeah. Um, They're not uh, rotating that much either, though, are they? Well, they never do, do they? Like, I mean, was it last season where they went about 14 games with the same team? Yeah, they used them, the least players in the Premier League last season. Yeah, and it, I mean, what did they do today? They left out Moutinho, who's, in all fairness to him, probably not going to play twice a week at mm-hmm. his age. Yeah, I say, um, Neves missed the Europa League game and came back in for this one, didn't they? Yeah, and they've, they've signed Crotone up front, which he played instead of Jota today, but mm-hmm. there's not... Uh, I think they play the same... Defenders in pretty much every match. They, yeah. they swap. They swap over the wing backs. Doherty, 
Traore, um, Johnny and Vinagra. Yeah, um, say Vinagra came in today, didn't they? So I guess they can they can rotate to an extent, but um, it seems to disrupt them quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think Jimenez is absolutely vital. If he doesn't play, then they're obviously a lot worse off. I think the fact of how well they performed last season as well, it, it, they've set a high bar, haven't they? Uh, you know, and hopefully Wolves fans aren't expecting them to be sitting like fifth, sixth, seventh at this stage of the season. You know, that, I imagine that you know they, they've got to grow into the season. I suppose uh, I don't see them going on an awful run and ending up in the bottom three. No, no, no. Um, but I say I think they're going to take some time to get into their stride. I think. I mean, they have got three points to their name, three mm-hmm. draws. It's not like they've been getting beat every week. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was a, a tough loss to take, but I think they were they went to to with Everton for you know the best part of eighty minutes. Yeah, um, Everton a good team. There's not many teams really win at Goodison. I don't think there's anything to panic about. Yeah, definitely. So Alex will be scoring headers against you. Though. Well, especially, especially, defense, especially when, you, when, you, when you've got three big centre halves <laughs> in there, and a Wobie's getting a free header. It's. Uh, yeah. Something's not right. Yeah, although Connor Cody always looks quite small on the, you know, when you see him. But then mm. I've, I've learnt this lesson this week when I uh, saw uh, Charlie Austin. I always thought Charlie Austin was quite a stocky fella. Uh, he's not. He's quite tall and quite thin. Uh, in a way. Um, yeah, but you, you did try and run him down with a bike. Yeah, so. I did. I did almost kill Charlie Austin this week. Uh, that's what he gets when he steps out of a taxi into a bus lane. You know, yeah, obviously yeah, my f- my free world scooter counts as a bus, according to Birmingham City Council. Uh, on to the big game of the weekend then, Rangers. Uh, no, 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 not at all. We don't talk about lesser football here. Um, Arsenal hosting Spurs in the North London derby. Um, oh, God. I was right not to be too confident about this one last weekend, wasn't I? Um, so, Arsenal fighting their way back to a 2-2 draw is probably the best way to put it. Um, yeah. Spurs weren't great again, though. And it's hard to say that Arsenal weren't because we were pretty good in spaces. Uh, just c- could not get that f- well third goal um, to keep it. Uh, Christian Eriksen opening the scoring with an absolute gift from Bert Leno, who mm-hmm. decided to play with cushions on his hands. Um, <laughs> Harry Kane then scoring uh, a penalty after the traditional Arsenal silly penalty he was given away during the game. Xhaka, uh, I-, I love Gary Neville. That he's never seen a player give away as many fouls uh, as Granite Xhaka. And the fact that it took him till the 93rd minute to get a booking in this game yeah, after that's... nine fouls was absolutely ridiculous. Well, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, this was bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, how he gets away with it, I don't know, but he should have been booked for the penalty alone. Yeah, um, definitely. Such a such a late tackle as well. I don't even know what he's trying to do because Son was obviously passing the ball off. Yep. Um, it, it was a ridiculous penalty to give away. So that was an odd thing to do in the first place. Um, what you'd say is the Spurs scored two goals without really earning them. Um, yeah, they did two, absolutely nothing. Two gifts, really. Um, as you say, Leno on the first goal. Ugh. I mean, Lamella's tri- trickled a shot towards him. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, he's just like done a, done a Seamus Coleman and just dropped it on, on, the, on the line <laughs> yeah, for Ericsson. Basically, Ericsson just walked up and pushed it in. Yeah, like, so, oh. That was odd. Obviously, the penalty was insane. Like a, a classic Jacko, really, isn't it? Um, but then from that moment on, it was all Arsenal pretty much for the rest of the game, um, other than the odd flurry I think came at the inside of the post. But um, you should really have won, I think. I mean, it's hard to say that from two 0 down, but mm-hmm. um, I thought it was uh, a bit 
everyone was saying how positive selection was with the, the front three, but uh, at the same time, I thought that, that the midfield three was, was very, very negative. Yeah, but, I've seen a lot of this uh, like on, on Twitter and everything, but you can see why he picked three defensive-minded midfielders. You know, to, I'd argue Torreira isn't a defensive midfielder. He's uh, he's like a ball winner, isn't he? He will carry the game forward. And Gwen Doozy was man of the match by a long way. No, he was very good. Um, you know, I don't read Xhaka in the first place. Mm-hmm. But um, Xhaka's always going to play. Is that captain? Exactly. No, no, that, no that's I, the I, problem. And I think that's kind of an issue in itself. But mm-hmm. uh, to me, I probably wouldn't have played Torreira um, from the start. I mean, I would, but I wouldn't have played Xhaka, but. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. Good. I don't think anyone would have played Jacker. Yeah. But all these Arsenal fans who are claiming, oh, Sabayos should have started, are all saying Sabayos should have started instead of Jacker, And that was never going to happen. Well, this is the thing. Like, um, We were talking a few weeks ago about Sabayos, and he was basically, you know, your best player. And if you've got an option to buy him, you should get him immediately. And mm-hmm. he was he was the second coming of Christ, more or less. Yeah. Um, to go from that to being left out in a home game in the North London derby. I mean, he came on, he was brilliant for 20 minutes, 25 he, minutes. He was, whatever. he was, his cameo was good, but also in that cameo, he got bullied around by Harry Winks on several occasions. You know, you're not going to want to see that throughout the whole 90 minutes, are they? No, perhaps not. But uh, my word, my main concern was when you start with those front theories, who was going to get them the ball? Mm-hmm. Um, but the answer to that was Gwen, Gwen Dozer, who, yeah. who was outstanding. Um, he's actually come on leaps and bounds from when he started in the team last season, when mm-hmm. he was he was more or less Jacques Light in that he was he committed a lot of fouls, um is all I really remember about him. But uh I always thought Torreira was a better player than him, but I actually would, would have Guendouzi in the team ahead of Torreira yeah. now. Yeah. I, I, I think he Emery expected uh Spurs to put up more of a fight than they did. I I expected Spurs maybe to come firing at us and they didn't at all. Like Harry Kane, he's so tired he can't keep his mouth c- c- closed. <laughs> like, oh, oh, fucking, it annoys me that man never closes his mouth. Um, but yeah, they they had nothing, and I think I think Emery expected a, a, a more from them. And I I thought he, he, we were set up to counter attack them, but it turned out they were counter attacking us. I expected more changes at half time. To be fair. Um, but they didn't happen. Um, I generally think that we were better after Lacazette went off, which is disappointing to say, considering Lacazette obviously scored our, our first goal and played fairly well. But Aubameyang plays better yeah. in the middle, and Lacazette, oh, yeah. Lacazette can't play out wide on the left. I did notice for the second half, though, that Lacazette started a little bit deeper, and Pepe mm. and um, Aubameyang came more in more centrally, uh, but then, I so say, he went off. The only problem was... When he went off, we brought on Mkhitaryan, who yeah. literally just let the ball bounce off him for 40, like 30 minutes. Yeah, if, if, was... if we'd have brought Reese Nelson on, or if Mkhitaryan had been on his game by a fraction, we'd have won that game. Yeah, see, I thought this was a mistake as well, because San- Dav- Davinson Sanchez, who's not a full-back... Um, oh, he was, was de- awful as well, He was he? dead on his feet for the last 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the sight of Mkhitaryan coming on probably didn't frighten him, because... Yeah. He's not going to run away from you. Yeah, Reese Nelson um, would have ate him Nelson, for breakfast. Nelson would have done, but uh, I thought that was a that was a mistake. Um, mm. And it, I wouldn't say it surrendered the the advantage because you still battered them for the last uh, ten fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. But um, I just I think McTarian's had his chance now, and 
probably should be limited to playing Europa League games, and that should be about it. Yeah, I, I was really surprised to see him come on. I, I, I say I said the other week after Sabayos is you know against Burnley that 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 was a chance that Mkhitaryan probably wouldn't play that many games for us. And yeah, and when he came on, I, I was really surprised, especially when we changed the system slightly anyway. But then we changed like a four four two. But then why 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 Mkhitaryan on the left? If you that, if anything, bring uh, you got Ertz on the bench. Ertz would have destroyed Sanchez. <laughs> well, know, even without the, a turn of pace. When was the last time Mkhitaryan played on the left wing? You see, he's, he, when he played, when he's played for us, he, he's played. He's played more towards the left because that's the spot that him and Ertz shared. Uh, at one stage, but not in this like new system with Pepe and stuff like that. No, I mean he's normally played as like a as part of a you have a front two when he's yeah. behind them, or the old the old like five two three kind of thing where he's plays like the left attacking midfielder yeah. kind of thing. But I just as an out and out left winger, I just kind uh, of see the logic in it whatsoever. Um, Pepe on the other side, um, very good, very quick, but mm-hmm. some of his decision making seems a bit bit off to me. Yeah, definitely. He's just there to terrify defenders, isn't he? Like I, I thought, let him run at Sanchez for a bit, and then when um, when Danny Rose got booked, I would have literally just kept giving the ball to Pepe because uh, Danny Rose was a disaster waiting to happen anyway. Um, he's just a bit of an arsehole, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he got he got booked. He didn't look like he, he didn't look interested in being there, which I find really strange for a North London derby. Uh, he gave away the the, the equaliser when he we should have had probably had a penalty for handball by him anyway. But his clearance when he had all the time in the world was absolutely ridiculous. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm I'm really surprised that we we didn't we didn't punish them for that. So we we did focus a lot on on Sanchez, which was obviously the thing to do because that man looks like he's out of breath counting his 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 frame around in, as a central <laughs> defender, let alone as a right back. Um, but say Walker Peters, if he'd have played, they'd probably target him because he hasn't been that impressive either. Um, he's not quick as he compared to what you'd expect. He's uh, for a young lad. He's not exactly rapid. Yeah, say so, um, I say Arsenal had so many chances though. Uh, Hugo Lloris had a decent game. He made that one save from Guendouzi, uh, which was fantastic as well. Um, so Lacazette came off with a knock. Uh, you know, fortunately, uh, France have a racist manager who won't pick him for international duty, so he's got two weeks off uh, to rest <laughs> now. Um, Socrates had a goal disallowed for offside, which at first I was fuming about, and then I saw the replay. I was like, oh, okay, maybe not. Um, Harry Kane diving, mm. falling over his own jaw. Well, he didn't get he got done by handball, didn't he? Rather than the dive. Oh, uh, so he didn't get booked. Yeah, that's why he didn't sense. get booked. But I think that was a bit of a cop out from Atkinson, like because uh, it it was a dive. It was it was very similar <laughs> to the one against you lot. It was, it was uh, mean, leaned into nobody. He, yeah, he was looking for the contact, wasn't he? Which mm-hmm. didn't come. Uh, which is surprising because Socrates looks like you'd kick anything. Oh all. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, oh no, what's he done? He's going to have shoved him, hasn't he, or something like that? But nah, he, 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 yeah. Because I thought, um, oh, is it Winks who had a go? Yeah, it was Winks and Socrates. I thought Winks was going to be sent off when they had that altercation where the ball went out for a throw-in. Yes. I, I, he booked Socrates, and I thought, right, he's going to book Winks now and send him off. Nope. <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. But yeah, Harry Winks, absolute shithouse. Uh, Dele Alli made his, talking shithouses, Dele Alli made his return from injury uh, and promptly got NFL tackled by fucking Sabeo. <laughs> Did you see it? Um, 
No, I don't think they did. Yeah, I think there was, they were setting up for a free, there was a free kick towards the end, and like Dele Alli is just um, like lingering on the edge of the box, and Sabah just literally grabs him around the waist, throws him on the floor. <laughs> 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 referee didn't see a thing. Yeah, it, it, it was ridiculous, and I think it worked because it got into Ali's head. Because I think then they had a, another free kick later on, and Ali ended up lying on the floor then as well, and did nothing but moan about it. I think it was <laughs> around the time that Ali was moaning at one of the Spurs players for a set piece they'd taken as well. Uh, I've got to say, Lo Celso came on for Spurs in like the last ten minutes or so. Um, he actually looked quite good. Yeah, I mean it's hard to judge, isn't it? Um... Short space of time for a player from another league to come on and into a game of that that pace, but he, he did quite well. Yeah, so the game was quite frantic and Spurs were under a lot of pressure, uh, but he looked quite composed. Uh, I say, and Spurs, I say, Spurs actually did most of their attacking after he came on uh, and stuff like that. And, and it wasn't just because Arsenal were literally committing everything forward. Um, I'm not sure that I'm happy with the result because I, I really think this Spurs team were there to be beaten. Oh, absolutely. But I think I say the fact we gave them um, a two nil head start, basically, and then just the fact again we couldn't kill them off. Like I, I, I think that yeah. I always I, I was saying to, in the house if we'd have got well, as soon as we got the second goal because it was a matter of if not when that if as long as we got it with enough time to go we we would have won that game pretty much very similar to how we did last season because we went 2-1 down last season basically in a very similar circumstances to the point that Harry Kane scored a penalty for their second goal last season uh, as well and how that fucking spoon-faced bastard has now got 10 goals in 10 games against us <laughs> absolutely ridiculous don't worry I'll be cheering him on for England next weekend um oh, but yeah yeah I don't I I think Spurs will definitely be the happier the two sets of fans, um, but yeah, I, I don't. We I think we spoke about Chelsea and Man United not finishing the top of top four this season unless something improves at Tottenham. I think they're fourth, and that's only because Chelsea and Man United are so bad at the moment. I don't see them second, third Champions League finalists at all. No, no, I agree. Um... This seemed a little bit happier this week than they did last week, um, but still, like when you really break down that performance, it wasn't that good, was it? I know. And how haven't they got players in positions? They they had a million wing backs. I don't understand how Dave, uh, Rose is still in ahead of Davies. Like, yeah. they, sp- they spent all summer trying to get rid of Danny Rose. Yeah, he he, um, he was going around other teams, actually going to the clubs to their training grounds and asking to them to sign him. You know, didn't he rock up at Barcelona? Like well, fucking. Well, uh, yeah, but if I went on a Barcelona stadium tour a few summers ago, <laughs> but my ch- chances of signing for them were slim to none. Yeah, but didn't he do like, oh, what's that, what's that guy? What's his name? What's his name? The West Brom Nigerian player. Oh, Odin Wingy. Odin Wingy. Yeah, didn't he go full Odin Wingy and like literally rock up and be like, <laughs> I'm signing for you boys, right? And then apparently he was going to PSG. You know, and now he's looking like the most uninterested man in in the Emirates. This afternoon, yeah. And then, it's like, where's Serge Aurier? He's been perennially injured since the... Uh, well, since forever, since signing for Tottenham. But I think he... Was he on the bench or not? I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't look at their bench, to be fair. I saw yeah, someone I, say, say that uh, everyone will be out because Jan Foyce can be back to play right back. After yeah, yes, I, I've seen the same is, tweet and I thought, is, is that how is, far you've fallen? 
Is that the solution? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five, don't worry, lads. Five will be back for our next game. <laughs> oh, it's good. But yeah, I say, I'm, I'm sure Ben Davis can play right back. You know, yeah, he'd have been better than Sanchez. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I find it weird. You know, in the season where they've invested, um, obviously not invested in, in, in the right place. Uh, I say, yeah, Harry, Harry Winks just look like their version of Darren Fletcher today. I remember sitting and watching the game, and at one point he tried to pay like uh, like a forty yard pass across the pitch. And I remember thinking, did he hear me say last week while he does his pass sideways and stuff like that? Yeah. But, yeah, and it just went out went out of play and stuff like that. Uh, Christian Eriksen, I say he scored the opener for, for Spurs today. Uh, I wouldn't say he looked up for the game, but he, he didn't have a bad game. Do you think he's he'll, he'll be there come five o'clock tomorrow? Uh, I do, um, just because. Doesn't seem like there's anything imminent for him. Mm-hmm. It does seem that way, doesn't it? It's just talk now. He's going to run down his deal, doesn't it? And, and leave at the end of the season and go to Juve. But um, that'd be interesting. I can imagine Daniel Levy's dying on the inside, which is excellent. <laughs> uh, right, I think we've covered everything, haven't we? Yeah, I did do Liverpool in the end, unfortunately. Uh, anything else you'd like to go over, sir? Um, no, I'm kind of kind of glad for for a week off. It's been. Uh... Quite, quite manic. So, the national break come at the right time. Um, yeah. Saying just, we've got a good idea of how it how it started, but I think it always settles down a bit more after after August is done, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, it, it always this international break. It's been later the last couple of seasons, hasn't it? Because I know there's been some stages where it's been after like two games, I think, mm, possibly, and, and stuff like that. So, it, it's nice to have, say I've got four games out of the way. I think there's a lot of teams, you know, like Newcastle, Man United, Spurs. You know, look quite glad that it's come to allow them to get some players back in the team uh, and stuff like that. Hopefully, there's no big injuries from because it's competitive international games as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's the only well. The good thing about the Nations League is that. Now the Euro qualifiers are on, like from now until February, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's no needless friendlies. Yeah, because I haven't, I haven't heard many Man United players pulling out of international duty. <laughs> Although, to be fair, there's not that many of them in the squads, is there? Um, no. But yeah, so it should be quite interesting. I, I'm sure England have got some Eastern European team that will give us a, a run in over uh, and something like that. Uh, so yeah, that is it, Dave. Please pimp your socials. Uh, so on Twitter we are at CM9798 or the website is cm9798.co.uk Excellent, you can find us at Man on the Post, although uh, don't, just don't uh, after the treatment I got on social media last week don't, don't even look at them, sorry Ross but yeah don't uh, and that's it then, so uh, another week done, thank you very much for joining me Dave No problem at all. and always remember to keep your man on the post <laughs>